welcome to this episode of Consider It Blacklit. I am Kim Singleton, your host, and for those of you tuning in for the first time, Consider It Blacklit highlights films, television programs, and stage plays featuring African Americans up front and behind the scenes. We also discuss social issues as it relates to some of these programs and how they may or may not impact our communities. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you continue to tune in each week. Since I started doing Consider It Blacklit, people often ask me for recommendations on what to watch. Well, I am going to give you three of some of my favorite shows this season that cover three of my favorite genres, period pieces, comedies, and science fiction. My first recommendation is The Gilded Age. The Gilded Age is set in and around New York City during the 1880s. The title refers to this time of prosperity in the United States as a result of the industrial boom. The show highlights the old New York money and the new New York money and how they clash. What draws me to this series, including the fact that it is executive produced by Sally Richardson, is the main Black character in the plot, Peggy Scott. Peggy, played by actress Danae Benton, is an educated, well-to-do aspiring journalist. She befriends a white woman, Marion Brock, played by Louisa Jacobson. Though they bond as friends, the racism that exists in the era puts a wedge in their friendship because they are not seen as equal in common spaces. I also like Peggy's character because she represents the affluent Blacks that existed during this time in New York City. Blacks had a community of professionals, business owners, and they were very, very prosperous. This series shines a light on this piece of our community. In a discussion I participated in with the African-American Film Critics Association, I was able to chat with Danae a little bit about her character. Let's listen. I find the um, relationship between Peggy and Marion very interesting. They definitely have a bond starting when she paid for her fare at the beginning um, to go to New York. Um, but they also have a distance because of their, their race. There seems to be a wedge there because Marion doesn't understand what it is to live day to day with the subtle racism that, or open racism that um, Peggy has to go through. Share us your insight on the relationship between the two women. Um, yeah, that's one of the most interesting parts of the show to me as well. And me and Louisa who plays Marion talked a lot with the creative team about how we can try our best to make that kind of bond authentic and the layers of trust it would take to build a true friendship between Peggy and Marion and to not just lean into a kumbaya, this white woman just happens to be untouched by racism energy. And so we really advocated for an important rift that happens in their relationship in episode four with the shoes and really getting to have that moment because my argument was that even as a black woman in 2022, who's friends with white women, there is a part of me that's always waiting and testing the waters to see when can I really let myself trust you and when is this ball gonna drop? And when that fracture inevitably happens, how do we recover from it? And can we? And a lot of that has to do with her ability to have humility and her ability to have um, 
the space to admit where she was wrong. And so we were trying to weave that in this unique tale that we don't often see of interracial friendship in the 1800s, right? And to still have um, Peggy not only have dignity within it, but for Marion to have flaws within it as well. And so I hope, I hope we thread the needle well, but it was something we were really paying attention to. Gilded Age can be seen on demand on HBO and streamed on HBO Max. My next recommendation is a comedy called Killing It. I absolutely love this series. This show stars Craig Robinson, known for his role in the TV series Brooklyn Nine-Nine. In Killing It, Craig Robinson plays a man down on his luck and is desperate to get his piece of the American pie and strike it rich. His role leads him to snake hunting. Yes, that's right, snake hunting. This show is hilarious. Let's listen to three of the cast members' responses when I ask them about working with snakes. First, we will hear from Craig Robinson, then Scott MacArthur, who plays a fellow snake hunter, then Claudia O'Doherty, who plays Craig's snake hunting partner. Love the show. It was funny and it had enough depth that you emotionally connected to all of the characters. But my question is about the snakes. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is a thing that to go snake hunting and win thousands of dollars in Florida. So my question is to whoever had scenes with snakes, um, did you do any research and go on real snake hunts? Um, and also how close did you have to get to the live snakes when you had to do the scenes? And what was that process like? I can answer that. <laughs> we had three versions of snakes, right? You got the uh, fake snake that you, you know, struggling with. You got the CGI. Um, and then you got some real snakes that were on set. And every time the real snakes were there, uh, someone from the American Humane Society was present. So there were no snakes harmed not that we would have harmed them anyway, but no snakes were harmed in the filming of killing it. Um, I had a healthy fear of snakes up until about 2015. I went to Australia and uh, I was with my band and stuff. And I went to this, we went to the animal sanctuary and then they put the snake around my neck, you know, and it was all uh, beautiful and it was sweet. And I was like, wow, the snake means me no harm. I've been misled by the Bible and Indiana Jones. So once we got to our set, so I was, I was, I knew I could handle snakes. I knew, so we, we did get to play with some snakes and there were some there, but uh, it was, it was never any like, oh, the snake, you know, any fear going on. <laughs> what about you, Scott? You had a lot of scenes with snakes. I did. I, you know, it's, it, it, well, it's almost like I was saying this to my kids the other day. It's almost like a, um, you know, some sort of fable where, you know, I was afraid of snakes because I never interacted with snakes. And then if you asked me if I liked them, I would tell you I didn't. And then the more on set, um, in particular, there's one episode uh, later in the season where my character Brock actually has to grab uh, narratively a rattlesnake, but in real life, it was a bull snake. Um, and spent a bunch of time with that snake that day. And, and kind of the more time I spent with it, uh, you know, I, I really began to appreciate 
these animals. What about you, Claudia? I mean, I'm glad to hear. Okay, go ahead. I want to just give a little backstory on Brock, a little behind the scenes. I mean, on Scott, after his uh, Zoom audition, he sent in a video of him as character Brock doing YouTube videos with snakes. He went and found some people to give him snakes and, well, to play with the snakes. So that was uh, crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And unnecessary, because we'd already like decided to give him the part and then we got this video of scott with three <laughs> enormous snakes wrapped around him and we didn't and we i don't like, know oh, if no, had the heart crazy? to tell you that it was unnecessary that you'd already yeah. been cast and possibly but, deleterious we were like yeah. nuts. <laughs> so for claudia i'm glad to hear have... that um no snakes were harmed because you really went in on the snakes tell us about your relationship with the snakes <laughs> well i suddenly didn't go on any um, research trips where I would actually hunt snakes in real life because, you know, killing an animal is not something I'm interested in doing particularly directly. You know, I eat meat. I think it's nice. But anyway, um, I had worked with snakes before. I did a sketch on Amy Schumer's show where I played a snake doctor and I spent a couple of days covered in like huge pythons. So going into the audition for this show, I was like, I am very, I can work with snakes. I'm comfortable with them. But on this show, we actually had very little to do with actual snakes. And it was not so, I mean, I probably just like hurt my body, just like pretending to hit the snake. But that was, that was the main, you know, injury I sustained. No, no actual snake bites or anything like that. Killing It can be streamed on the Peacock TV streaming app. My next recommendation is a science fiction series called Moonhaven. The story takes place 100 years in the future. Some people from Earth have left to go live on the moon with the purpose of developing science that will solve the Earth's environmental problems. The Mooners, as they are called, created a utopian society on a 500 square foot patch of the moon called Moonhaven. The habitants are scheduled to return to Earth once they have solutions for the environment. However, this gets tricky. The moaners are comfortable where they are and not eager to go back to the Earth, which is a big old cesspool. Then there's the main character, Bella Sway. She is a lunar cargo pilot and a smuggler. She is accused of a crime and becomes stuck on Moonhaven on one of her trips. Emma McDonald plays Bella Sway. Let's listen to my discussion with Emma about the series. I am such a sci-fi head, so this series is right up my alley. Um, One of the reasons I love science fiction so much is because um, we use our imagination to show what is possible in the future. Um, We're just waiting for science to catch up. For instance, in Star Trek, the little tricorder is really my version of a smartphone. So my question to you is, what kind of technology in the series that we don't have now that you see as a possibility once the science catches up? Mm. We have all sorts of technology in it. We have, one of my favorites props is I've got this little music device, which I spin. And uh, I mean, Bella Sway, the character I play has a really eclectic taste in music. Um, So we see a lot of that. We see a lot to do with plants as well um, and really interesting growing styles, um, which is stunning. The architecture as well is pretty beautiful. 
Um, and obviously my spaceship, Cat, um, has to be my favorite. It's, it's Bella's home. Um, I spent a lot of time um, in there. And the way I fly my spaceship as well with these rings, I don't think we've seen anything quite like that before. Um, so I got to take those home with me and practice on my sofa. I got to create my own G-force, which was sort of pressing my feet firmly into the ground and like um, But yes, loads of technology. There's a lot. And there's some brilliant Zoom calls. Well, I suppose Moonhaven's version of, of Zoom calls, just like we're on now. Um, and I think that, that scene itself is a highlight for me. It's, yeah, it's great. So we've only seen four episodes, but there's definitely, in my opinion, a war brewing up. Um, you have the Earthers who are like, we sent you up there to fix our problems. And then the Mooners are like, you know what? We're comfortable. <laughs> We're not going back to that cesspool. Mm. Um, but it was one statement that was said, uh, it, I'm paraphrasing, but it's um, like, it won't be bombs of violence that destroy us, destroys us. It will be doubt. Tell us what your perspective is on how that applies to society today. Mm. First off, Peter Rocco is a poet. What a beautiful line. Um, and it resonates wonderfully with our time now. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's just speaks of humanity, doesn't it? Um, and the choices that we make and not learning from our own mistakes a lot of the time and repeating patterns of behavior, which is what IO is seeking to sort out right from the off. Um, but yeah, it, it, Moonhaven is all about love and healing and nature. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's 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 everything that undercuts that, um, and everything that sort of comes from the earth. So there's so many layers packed into your character of Bella, and I enjoy the series as those layers are peeled and seeing how she evolves. My question to you is: What aspects of Bella's personality do you identify with with yourself? Mm, I think I sometimes do have a dryness in my character. Um, I do like that side of sense of humor. Um, but for me, it was kind of a lot of opposites. I think I'm very dog-like in my energy. I am very enthusiastic and I'm quite silly. Um, so to sort of pare that down and kind of find this cooler energy that's kind of backward leaning and more cat-like, um, I really enjoyed. And to take my time with things um, as well, I'm kind of like go, go, go energy. Whereas she kind of sits back, even that image of like film noir, like a cigarette sort of out of the mouth, kind of cool. Um, so that was a challenge, but also a joy um, to be sort of back footed instead of front footed all the time. Um, and to think with her fists, but also with her head. Um, yeah, what similarities do we have? Her loyalty her love, her vulnerability at times, um, her letting her hair down, her running. I love to run and be physical in that sense. I enjoyed all those running montages that we did and channeling Tom Cruise, that was really fun. <laughs> um, her love of food, I love food, I love eating. Anytime there was a prop on set, I would it would be in my mouth. Um, if it was edible. Um, <laughs> so like the mints, um, just all sorts, the grapes, um, her playfulness as well that comes out at times, um, particularly when she's on her own or doesn't think that anyone's watching. Um, 
yeah, and having firm friends and holding those close. Moonhaven can be streamed on AMC+. So there you have it, my recommendations on what to stream this season. Happy streaming, everyone. And until next week, consider yourself Blacklit.